0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC.
1: We can find instant satisfaction in almost anything these days. Sleepy? Instant coffee? Need to sell your car fast? Car sales? Instant offer. That's right. Sell your car the instant way. And get it done with Australia's most trusted site for cars. On 882 6BR, inspiring stories for Barra and O'Day. WA's family-owned funeral directors. Hello, my name is Tim McMillan. Welcome to another
2: episode of Inspiring Stories brought to you by Bower and O'Dave, doing ordinary things extraordinarily well. Uh, my guest in this episode, uh, this is possibly the most apt, uh, inspiring story uh, we've ever had. Uh, my guest has recently been named the Joint Australian of the Year. Uh, along with uh, another gentleman who we'll mention uh, in a moment Uh, but it's with great pleasure that I uh, say hello and welcome uh, to Dr Craig Challen a retired vet but you might know him better as uh, one of the Australian cave divers who went to Thailand to participate in that extraordinary rescue uh, of those trapped uh, young lads who were there as part of a soccer team adventure so Dr Craig Challen hello and thanks for coming.
0: Great to be with you, Tim. Thank you.
2: Is that title sitting comfortably with you yet?
0: Uh, Australian of the Year? It, it's a little bit strange and unanticipated. I wasn't really expecting this <laughs> just for going cave diving for a few days. I, I, I remember speaking to you at the time and I, I
2: think you were still trying to process what it all meant. Obviously, a little bit more time has passed then. Uh, tell us about the you know what goes with being Australian of the Year. Uh, Is it life-changing? Has it now sort of just consumed your calendar?
0: Well, it's only a little bit uh, over two weeks since it all happened. So I'm not ready to say it's life-changing just yet. We'll um, reserve our judgment about that. But it's certainly an enormous privilege. Mm. And it does – not everybody can be recognized for all they do. I mean, there's so many fantastic stories Mm. out there. And particularly going through this process with Australian of the Year, meeting all the other nominees – who are absolutely inspirational and each one of them has got their own story that goes along with it and fantastic things they've done. Um, Clearly, everybody can't get an award, but everybody that was there in Canberra uh, that was nominated absolutely deserves to have an award in my mind.
2: And yet they stepped away from protocol, didn't they, in awarding joint winners? Uh, for 2019, yourself and uh, and Richard Harris? Uh,
0: it has Your... be, has been done before. Uh, in 1967, I well, believe, there you go. It was, was the it's sequence. A little before my that's time. That's the only precedent.
2: Right. Yeah. Well, I, I think a lot of people were hoping that they would uh, maybe step away and, and, and go for joint winners, and they have. Um, do you have to do things with Richard still or do you do you go and speak uh, and, and and do your media engagements on your own or do you meet up with him still very often?
0: I uh, see, see him often so we, so we did a bit of a grand tour after the award yeah. uh, around to major cities and made a few appearances but given that there are two of us if we divide our efforts for the most part then we can cover twice as much ground and mm. speak to twice as many people uh, we can't all be in the same place at the same time all the time.
2: From from the perspective of a of an observer of that whole saga, which you know, which went on for several days uh, in Thailand, you've obviously had to tell your version of events um, quite a few times, I imagine, uh, since it all finished up. Um, I don't want to ask if you if you're getting a little bit uh, bored or tired of telling the story, but. Are you? Uh,
0: not at all, actually. It is, especially when you're doing um, speaking mm. engagements, and I tend to throw it open to questions yep. quite early. Yeah. There's always a new question that appears yeah. or something that's asked in a different way and makes me think about things uh, a little bit differently. You know, our view was very narrow of the view yes. at the time. We were in the cave all day long. Uh, then we'd have a, a debrief, go home to bed, and then come back to work the next day. Mm. So we were only aware secondhand of everything else that was going on, and it's been very interesting to me to read the books that have come out about the rescue and um, see, you know, what else was happening. Mm. Um, I mean, it's a it's a fantastic story and such a big event. There were thousands mm. of people on site and all contributing to the rescue. Yep. Um, but I'm I'm not sick of it yet. I hope I'll keep <laughs> up the enthusiasm for a little while longer.
2: Oh, it is such an extraordinary tale, and. Um You know, one that had such a a great outcome, although we shouldn't uh, forget that uh, there was a life lost along the way.
0: That's right. Yeah, there was a tragic loss of uh, tsunami and um, that that actually happened as we were arriving, a few hours before we arrived on site. So unfortunately, we never got to meet him. Mm. The British divers that were there before us, Rick and John, They they did meet him, and by all accounts, he was a fantastic guy, and Mm. it was very sad loss.
2: Can I ask? um, You know, when when you were over there, um, the the media was obviously giving the entire world you know constant updates. And to be honest, often there wasn't much to update. Um, But they were they were there, you know, in numbers, Uh, but quite rightly kept away uh, from where you would have been. We, 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 we were you even remotely aware of of how much interest there was on this rescue attempt?
0: No, we were certainly aware that there were a lot of media around. Yeah, uh, they were like a pack of wolves, really. We, yeah, that's, we were in that's that's Mortal, mortal danger for them. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was actually for a while pretty difficult for us to move around. The was it? So I'm you were quite read. close to each other at times. Uh, yeah, until as, as things developed um, and as the rescues started, they were all shepherded off somewhere else. Yeah, so they were denied access, and uh, it, you know. As sad as I am to say about it sitting here, Tim, it did actually make our lives a little bit better. But No, I, you, you say what you like. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to agree with you. <laughs> um, but at the time, we had no idea about the scale of yeah. interest in this story around the world. Yeah. Like I said before, we were a little bit isolated in what we were doing. And we were getting some messages from home that we were on the TV, and mm. that the newspapers were full of it. But it wasn't really until we got back to Australia that we realised it had absolutely captured the, the world's attention. Mm. The number of people that have said to me since that they really didn't do anything else, so, you know, staying up all night watching yeah. TV and waiting for the next exciting instalment. Yeah. Uh, and uh, even then, it, once we got back to Australia, I thought, well it, this will last a couple of days we know what a short attention span you people in the media have got uh, and then all the interest will die down and move on to something else but here we are and it doesn't really seem to have settled down yet no and as long as uh,
2: you know people script writers and those sorts of people um are focused on it it probably won't settle down for some time yet will it because, uh, I... you know a, a film is almost inevitable
0: I would think so. I mean, when you think about the story, it is really made for Hollywood, isn't Mm. it? Yeah. Um, And uh, so, yeah, I'm excited. Um, There's no real deal being done, notwithstanding the reports that have been in the media. Um, But there is some chat going on and hopefully something will come up. Yeah, I'll
2: press you on that a little bit more later. (laughs) How are you dealing with the fame, though?
0: Uh, look, I'm dealing with it okay, I and mean, it's uh, you know it's exciting and it's it's a great honour and a great opportunity. Yeah, um, I'm going around, I'm meeting so many interesting and fantastic people that I never would have had an opportunity to meet, and you know I'm a relatively uncontroversial figure, so nobody's mm. trying to pin anything on me. Happily, there's no skeletons in my closet anyway, so they won't find much if they go looking. Oh, they'll uh, look. But, uh, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm having a great time. It really is wonderful.
2: Fantastic. Uh, I'm sure it'll be a, an incredible year for you, um, performing your role uh, as Australian of the year. But look, this I think this will be a story that, that lives on forever. Won't it? So you'll forever be part of this uh, this legend.
0: Well, I reckon it's. I mean, there is some pretty extravagant language mm. uh, going around. You know, people have been talking about their the Kennedy moment and their Twin Towers moment. I don't think it really rates in the scale of those events, but people do attach a lot of significance to it, and it's it's well remembered. I think because
2: I, it was a triumph in the end. I mean, tragically, of course, we lost the uh, the tie. Uh, diver, but to get all of that team and the coach out, um, I just—it was just such a moment, you know, for the world to watch and celebrate, wasn't
0: it? Well, that's right. And there's something in the story for everyone as yep. well. You know, if you're a mother or a kid or an adventurer, um, or just someone that's generally interested in news. Mm. I mean, there's there's an angle in it for everyone. Yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, such a great story when it all looked like it was going to end in tragedy. Yeah, and have this fantastic and unanticipated uh, outcome which even now I'm still a bit surprised that it actually worked yeah (laughs) well if you're surprised then wow
2: I want to get you to to try as best you can to take us inside the cave um, after the break because you know it's such an an otherworldly experience I imagine particularly for people who Uh, have never been cave diving, which I'm sure is 99.999% of the population, Uh, I want to ask you to, as best you can, just take us in there and describe uh, what it's like uh, when you are cave diving. So we'll get to that after the break. Dr Craig Challen, Joint Australian of the Year for 2019, uh, is our special guest. This is WA's Inspiring Stories here on 882 6PR. Back with more
1: soon. You're listening to Inspiring Stories for Barra and O'Day. Generations of excellence since 1888. You're listening to Inspiring Stories for Barra and O'Day. Generations of excellence since 1888. Welcome
2: back to Inspiring Stories. In this episode, we're speaking to Dr Craig Challen, uh, who was one of the Australian heroes involved in that uh, miraculous rescue of that Thai uh, soccer team uh, and its coach in 2018. Uh Craig, can you tell us, uh, before we get your insights into what it's actually like, cave diving, can you just uh, take us back to the very moment you you received the phone call uh, to invite you over there?
0: Sure. So, we'd been when the boys first went missing. We'd been mm. listening to the story on the on the radio on six uh, pr, of course, and uh, naturally. <laughs> to be honest, for the, for that first nine days until the boys were found, we were very pessimistic. Um, you know, I mean, they were inside a flooded cave. They'd been there for days and days. Yeah. Uh, and so, what were the prospects? I mean, did did you know anything
2: were, about that particular cave?
0: No, no, we'd never heard of this because we're we're interested in cave diving and this is normally known as a dry cave that happens to flood in the wet season, but Mm. we would never think about going into a cave like that. That's Mm. not the normal sort of stuff that we would do. Yep. When they were found, that was as amazing to us as it was to the the rest of the world, but Mm. while the rest of the world sighed a a sigh of relief, Uh, we immediately started thinking how on earth are we going to get these boys out of there yep. and we were in contact then with Rick and John, the, the British cave divers because we know them particularly Rick very well from mm-hmm. cave diving that we've done in the past with him. We've been on quite mm-hmm. a few expeditions mm-hmm. and just trying to work out a, a way that the boys could be as- extracted because this sort of thing is completely unprecedented to mm-hmm. be bringing children out from two kilometres inside a cave underwater. My, my
2: My brain struggles to process that. Like two kilometres in.
0: Well, our brains were struggling to process it a little bit as well. Um, I mean, there's no big deal for us. We we do that uh, all the time. But to be bringing bringing people out completely dependent on you, that, that couldn't look look after themselves, mm. that, uh, that has us phased a little bit. Mm. So there were a number of alternative plans, like drilling or finding other entrances to the cave, and mm. they all fell away during the week, and really we, it was drawing down to we were going to be left with a cave diving plan. Um, so it got to the, the Thursday afternoon, and we hadn't really been thinking that we would be going over there. When you say we, uh, is that, uh, that's, that's yourself and uh, Richard? And Richard Harris, or yeah. Harry as we call him. Yeah. And But we'd made ourselves available, said, said that we could come if we I mean, were needed. Who, who do
2: you make yourself available to? Is there a sort of an international uh, community of cave divers? Obviously, you know each other, but is there someone who you speak to to say, hey, I'm up for this if you need me?
0: Well, we were actually speaking directly to the the divers on site. Right. But there were lines of communication being made unbeknownst to us at the time, but it was all going on between Mm. our foreign affairs and the the Thai Ministry of Foreign Affairs. Right. Um, So that request for us to attend actually had to come formally. Yep. And I've got to say that you know, when the chips were down and things had to happen, I was really impressed with the way that the bureaucrats made it happen. Mm. It was all within a couple of hours and we had so tickets. So they can so move quickly when they, they need to? Absolutely. Who can. knew? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, no, no, it's, it's very easy to be cynical, but uh, I, I came away you know, really yep. with new respect for the way that they can act when there is some sort of a crisis. It, yep. was, it was really encouraging.
2: Yeah. So where are you when you get the phone call?
0: Uh, I was at home um, packing for a trip that we were going to do to the Nullarbor. And we were mm-hmm. meant to be leaving the next morning. And then uh, I, got the, I actually got a call from Harry. He said that foreign affairs are about to call, so be ready. He hung up straight away. And then about a minute after that, <clears throat> I had someone from Canberra on the phone and said, can you be at Perth Airport in two hours for a flight to Bangkok? Um, so I had to unpack all the gear that I'd just been meticulously packing up and reconfigure, pack it up again, Mm. and get down to the airport. Did you have any idea what you were heading to? Somewhat, but not really. Um, I didn't know that much about what the cave was like, Um, but, you know, I mean... Sort of a rescue as a rescue. You have to yeah. be very flexible and prepared for yeah. whatever comes. I mean, I should say that we were very comfortable in that environment. We've been yeah. cave diving for well over 20 years. And <clears throat> technically, we've been in a lot gnarlier situations than that. So as far as… But not necessarily having to rescue people. But absolutely yeah. not having to yeah. rescue, no.
2: Okay. So you arrive in, on the ground there in, in Bangkok. Then what happens?
0: Uh, So we arrived in Bangkok, we were pretty quickly on another flight. I actually missed my connecting flight. So we all had to fly to Melbourne and then to Bangkok, but the flight out of Perth was running late. Mm. So I missed that one. So then I had to jump on a flight to Sydney and then fly out of Sydney. So I got there a couple of hours after Harry. um, But as it turned out, he had some holdups and so I only arrived on site about half an hour after him, Mm. which was about nine o'clock at night by that stage. And there were a lot of meetings going on. Uh, so there was a, a tentative plan for how this was actually going to be accomplished, but there was a lot of talk going on and the, the permission had to be gained from the Thai authorities. Yeah. Uh, so those meetings went on late into the night. The, and the next day, Harry and I dived into the cave to see the boys and just get the lay of the land, really see if we thought that this could be done and yeah. what what sort of shape they were in. So that was the first time you actually went and, and physically laid eyes
2: on them? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yep, that's A- right. And, and from the point of entry into the cave, um, you mentioned it's about two kilometres to where
0: uh, so are you it's are. So you first of all go 500 metres through Dry Cave, yep. uh, which is walking through Streamway and mm. climbing over rocks, that sort of thing.
2: And, and your initial impressions when you first got there?
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, I can't actually remember that. We were pretty focused on the job at hand. Yeah. Um, I mean, it is a very pretty cave, and yeah. I'm very keen if we can to go back there and and have a visit because I haven't, drive, haven't had that much opportunity <laughs> to to see it, uh, what it's really like. Yeah. But the, the entrance chambers are quite spectacular. They're yeah. Very big. Um, but then you get, you get through that first 500-odd metres and then the diving starts. And it's another 2.1 kilometres to the boys. From
2: there, it's still two, yeah. two kilometres. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So how long does it take you then, once you hit the water? How long does it take you to get those two kilometres to where they are?
0: Um, just on our own, uh, about an hour and a half, probably. Um, I mean, it's it's fairly easy when you're mm. on your own. You're not, not carrying gear or other people. Mm. Um, and, you know, in distinction to that, when they were coming out on the first day, the, the journey out was about three hours for the boys. Wow. Uh, just because of the extra effort that was required. Yeah. And, you know, we were still trying to work out exactly what we were doing with the anaesthetic for them. Yeah. So it was a bit of, bit of playing it by ear. Yeah.
2: And do you recall the moment that you emerged from the water and first laid eyes on them? Can you recall that moment when you first connected with them?
0: Uh, yes, I can. Um, it was, you know, I was struck by the fact that they were all in actually really good spirits. They were yeah. happy and they did look pretty lean. But, yeah. uh, you know, they were, they were all pretty chirpy. Um, but I think pretty keen to get out as well <laughs> after two weeks in there by that stage. They'd that, that had enough of caving for this little period of time. Yeah. yeah.
2: Uh, the, the spot where they were, um, what are we talking about? Was it just sort of a rocky ledge or was it, you know, was it a little bit of rock they were just all hanging on to? What was, it, what was the area with it that they were in actually like?
0: Yeah, so you arrive at the water's edge and there's this muddy slope, um, pretty horrible thing that goes up about 45 degrees. Yeah and it, it's very slippery. Mm. We, we struggled. The, the boys were running up and down there having no mm. problems at all because they mm. were only little things, and they are young and fit. Mm. But uh, us getting up there was a bit of effort. It'd be like two steps forward and, and three steps backwards as you slide down the mm. um, down the slope. But then you get up probably about 10 metres above the water, so it's a bit of a climb. Yeah. And then there's a uh, a probably an area, um, Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say about six metres by six metres, mm. I guess. So um, room to move around, but not a great mm. deal of room for 13 people to be in there for two weeks. Is it, is it cold? Is it dark? It's 23 degrees in the cove, both yeah. in the water and around. Um, so not that cold, but it does have an effect on you. You spend a lot of time, because everything's wet, and it's 100% yeah. humidity in there, and once you get wet, you you never get dry again. Yeah. So you're damp all the time and you do find that you you chill down. Mm. Um uh, but uh apart from that, no, it was it was reasonably comfortable. Mm. Yeah. And and dark? Was there any natural oh, light getting dark, in there? Right. No, it's it's dark, it's completely dark inside a cave. You're yeah.
2: Absolutely black. So sensory deprivation after two weeks in there yeah. uh, would be well and truly Yes, yeah.
0: yeah, um so you experience it doesn't take two weeks really it's, so when you're inside a cave in that environment, it's um, it's quite quite noticeable that 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 affects you very quickly and Mm. so we've quite often spend long times in cave and you get those situations where you're waiting for something or just having a rest and you're instinctively just tend to lay down and fall asleep yeah um we do you know even if we're not in a rescue situation Mm. uh yeah you spend a lot of time doing that so i imagine that's Mm. what they did most of the time we've have heard since that the coach was
2: um played an incredible role in in keeping the kids calm taking them through guided meditations and that sort of thing. Were you aware of that at the time or were you quite surprised at at just how well they were coping when you first got there?
0: Um, I was certainly surprised. No, we weren't really aware because we had no common language with Mm. them. One of the boys spoke some English, Mm. uh, which was enough to sort of make yourself clear, but not not really enough to build a relationship at all. And we weren't really there to chat at the time yeah. either no um, but what yeah, were you there to, to just to see that they were okay see what sort of state they were in yeah. uh, if they were up to an, an anaesthetic and, and this um, journey that they were going to be going through and just see the cave as well see what it was like and what wasn't info- actually going to be possible mm. to transport these boys out so that first visit how long were you there with them, we were in there. I Look, I'm going to say about 20 to 30 minutes, yeah. I suppose, and uh, then so we did the round trip, yeah. about six hours into okay. the cave and back out again.
2: Was it hard to say goodbye at that point and leave them there? Not. And were, were they not, kind of not
0: really? Because we were just focused had- on you know we had to get back out, report mm. to the other guys that were on the outside of what we thought. While we'd been doing that, the the other divers that were involved in the rescue had been down at the local swimming pool uh, with some volunteer kids from the local swimming club and just trying out the the gear configuration that we were going to use the next Mm. day to see if it would actually work. So swimming around in this pool. Yeah. So it was pretty important that we all got back together again and compared notes for the day and finalised our plan for the next day and hopefully got it approved by the Thai authorities.
2: And, and, And hoping and praying that the weather was kind to you.
0: Well, that's right. Oh, you know, there was so much pressure um, and it's something that's often left out of this story that these monsoonal rains were coming. Yeah. Every night that we were there, we were lying in bed listening to the rain on the roof and really just wondering if it was going to be possible to go back into that yeah. cave. Yeah. Because once it flooded completely, there was absolutely no way any mm. human was going in there. Mm. Uh, Dr. Craig Challen is our special guest in this edition of Inspiring
2: Stories. We need to take a break. Um, after that, I'll get you to talk us through um, the rescue itself, because uh, that's another another whole chapter that uh, I'm keen to hear about. So uh, stay with us. This is
1: uh, Inspiring Stories here on eight eighty two six PR. Back with more in a moment. You're listening to another edition of Inspiring Stories on eight eighty two six PR for Barra and O'Day WA's family-owned funeral directors. This is Inspiring Stories with Tim McMillan on 882 6PR, brought to you by Barra and O'Day. Welcome back to Inspiring
2: Stories. Let's get uh, straight back into this uh, extraordinary tale with Dr. Craig Challenge. So you've just uh, gone into the cave, seen the boys and the coach. Uh, You're there for 20, 30-odd minutes. Um, Then you swim back out and uh, relay what you've learnt uh, to your colleagues there. How long is it then between that point and when you decided to actually go in and start trying to get these boys out of there?
0: So we got out sometime fairly early in the night. I'm, I'm going to say about 8 o'clock at night or something like that. Yep. So we had to go back. Um, we all had to debrief between ourselves and the mm-hmm. dive team. Uh, we changed a few details of the plan, but not really that much. We, we essentially had the plan together by then. Then we had to go and present to the, the Thai authorities. They'd already been briefed, but we needed to give them the final um, schedule of exactly what was going to happen. And, you know, I can appreciate it was pretty difficult for those guys that, that yeah. had to approve this plan. A- it's a hand
2: control over to. For want
0: of a better word, foreigners. Well, but not only yeah. that, but, you know, there's this motley group of yeah. and um, it is language middle-aged issues to navigate. cave divers from around the world <laughs> with all this homemade gear and all covered yeah. in I mud. Mean, we can't have been a very confidence-inspiring group. It's, yeah. Uh, we're no supermen. But, uh, you know, if it all went horribly wrong, as we fully expected it to do... You, you was, honestly thought it was oh, it you, was not going to work out. We completely expected at least some casualties right? this. And, you know, to be honest, if no one had survived, it uh, wouldn't have been outside what we foresaw. Is that so right? So the fact that we got the outcome that we did is, you know, absolutely amazing. I mean, there were so many things that could have gone wrong, mm. and each one of those things had to go exactly right 13 times uh, for for us to get the result that we did.
2: Not not to be morbid here, but what would have been the, the likely cause of death?
0: Well, there were so many. We actually made a list of about 13 things that could go wrong, and uh, I haven't brought the list with me, so Mm. so, um, you can't test me on it. But uh, first of all, we were anaesthetizing them, and I I cannot say how dangerous that is a thing to do. You just. Do not. Well, people spend years people. studying that as a specialty well, after their right. medical degree, don't uh, they? So. And, you know, we take it for granted, it's still a dangerous thing in, yeah. in a hospital environment, even with lots of people standing around that yep. know exactly what they're doing and all the monitoring in the world. We were knocking these guys out in field conditions and then sticking their heads underwater. Um, they had to breathe for themselves. They had no monitoring whatsoever. And even if they did, if something went wrong, there was nothing to be done. Nothing for you them. could do. So that was by far the biggest risk. I mean, all they had to do was just stop or not breathe very well for themselves, and it was all over. Um, You can't try resuscitating someone underwater. That's not going to work. No. And then we were very worried about the cold um, because, you know, you just try lying down, even in warm water, and still for an extended period of hours at a time. It sucks the life out of you, Mm. and uh, so we were very worried about hypothermia. As it turned out, most of them were okay. A couple of the really smaller kids got quite cold by the end of the day, but not not life-threatening, and they all recovered once they were warmed up in hospital. Mm. We were using full face masks, and we were absolutely terrified that these things would leak and fill up with water. And in a face mask, you only really need about a cup full of water. That's enough for you to drown. To fill it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so th- those were probably the biggest single risks. But there was also other things like just the boys getting lost. Um, you know, they, they, you, you had to use your hands to get through the cave and sometimes you just had to put the boys down on the floor of the cave. Uh, you know, Underwater. Underwater, yeah. 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 Um, move yourself around to get through restrictions and then pick them back up again. Um, so either the the boy himself getting you know, separated from so the diver, they're,
2: they're for one of them. <laughs> I keep saying this for one of a better phrase. They're a dead weight essentially in your arms because they're out cold.
0: Uh, yeah, well, uh, yeah, I don't, or, or
2: in that sort of don't really like
0: the, the terminology. No, no, um, neither yeah, do they're, I. They're I completely, completely <laughs> but they're <not> motionless. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so we uh, still so have to kind of drag them. It sounds a bit harsh, but uh, we were referring them to them as the packages, mm. and uh, they just had to be moved moved through the cave by hand. That's yeah. right. Uh, and and is were there many you know very tight gaps you had to there weren't very many, through. but there was one in particular that was mm. very tight. So that was a, a time when you did have to, uh, the divers put the boys down. Yep. They had to go through the restriction themselves, turn around, yep. and come back. Just reach through with their arms, um, grab the patient, and then swim backwards themselves and mm. draw the the boy through. And it's not you know you probably imagine just like going through a pipe or something. It's yep. like It's very irregular. There's things trying to grab you all the time. Um, what do you what do you mean things trying to grab you? Well they've got projections from the cave, so stalactites yeah. and uh, yep, rocks. and yep. uh, there were this was fairly near the entrance, so the um, Thai Navy people had been trying to put uh, cables and airlines through and that sort of thing. Sure. So there are a lot of obstacles there. It was yeah. a little bit difficult. So
2: the first one you you go and and, and get the first boy, um, how do you decide who's going first?
0: Ah, well, we didn't decide that. There's been a lot of reporting on this. And so we, when we went in on the, the first day, on that yep. Saturday, we took a letter with us written in Thai that explained exactly what was going to happen to the boys. We were quite adamant that they had to know what was going on. We mm. didn't want to be pulling the wool over their eyes. Um, so that was read out to them and they didn't really get that much reaction I think they were ready to do whatever it took to get out and we said we're going to try and get four out tomorrow uh, but we want six of you to be ready so six of you never don't get any breakfast tomorrow and give us your six best guys so we had no role in choosing them we did hear the they, story. They, they seemed to choose them on the basis of how fit they were. Uh, right? Well, um, we definitely wanted – they were all in pretty fair condition. Yeah. I mean, A couple of them probably weren't as strong as others. But the story we've been told afterwards, and I can't vouch for this whether it's true or not – But they'd all ridden their bikes to the cave, and apparently they chose the ones that lived furthest away to come out first because they all thought they'd have to ride their bikes home afterwards. So they wanted those ones to get a head start. Sorry. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) <laughs>
2: that's that's extraordinary yeah yeah so yeah, they're pretty down so to ordeal,
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> they'd have to ride their bikes home good on them eh? wow I mean what an incredible insight though into the you know what is life to them though
0: mm. oh yeah and look are their bikes so, even still there um oh, well I doubt out? it I'm sure they were pretty keen to go back and get their bikes <laughs> um but you know the, the message for me in that is kids are tough and yeah. robust and we We want to lay all our adult patheticness on them sometimes, yeah. and sometimes you just got to have a little bit of faith in them. You know, yeah. they can stand up to a lot and mm. just let them be what they've
2: got to be. Can I ask while this all this is going on and you're talking about going there and trying to achieve the impossible here um are, are you concerned for your own safety at this point?
0: No, not really it's you know we've been in a lot tougher conditions yeah. than that and been cave diving a long time. We were perfectly happy. Pretty comfortable. Um, I've, I've got to say we weren't having a particularly good time. Mm. I mean, The visibility in the water was down to almost nil by the end of the rescues. Is you, that right? You so might You might as well have had your eyes closed. So it was all done by feel. Um, and, you know, I, I've got to say that when we finished the rescues on, on the last day, I was pretty pleased that we didn't have to go back in there for another yeah. day. I'd, I'd had enough by then.
2: Yeah. And just enjoy the, the celebrations that mm. followed. Uh, all right. So the first one's... Uh, you've retrieved the first person. How does it work? Is it Are you sort of um, working uh, as a – are you guiding him from the point where they were back to the exit or do you sort of pass him along like a relay? Uh,
0: there was one diver each, but yep. we were stationed in the furthest uh, extent of the cave basically. Yep. So Harry was at chamber nine where the mm-hmm. boys were. I was at the next stop down at chamber eight. Yep. So we were sending these boys down the line. We had no idea what was happening to them subsequently. Yeah, yep. no. You're not in radio contact with any no communications anyone? whatsoever Zero. inside how, so the cave. how do you know
2: where you're going if it's if it's pitch black? You've got no visibility.
0: Uh, there's a guideline that had been put through. Yeah. Um, so. A, basically continuous rope all the way to the surface. And you just had to follow that and work your way through it. Yeah.
2: So when you Uh, hand over that first boy, you've got no idea. That's right. So they were all going out out
0: at 45-minute intervals. Yep. And we didn't know, you know, we had no idea whether we are sending them to their deaths or everything was going well. Mm. It's only right at the end of the day. So when the last boy had gone... We gave them a bit of time break because if there was a hold-up somewhere along the line, we didn't want to be piling up in a traffic jam behind them. So we gave them about an hour at head start and then we headed out. And it was only when we got back to the dive base at Chamber 3 that I remember quite clearly that I put my head up out of the water and asked, did any of them survive? And, uh, you know, it was a bit of a tense moment and the, the American guys that were there, thumbs up, yep, they're all okay in hospital. That's what you got. Everyone's happy. So
2: yeah. you fully expected to hear that no, either, well, anywhere from zero survivors to maybe some.
0: Yeah, well, the, the whole day had been pretty busy up until then. But on that swim out, which took us, you know, an hour and a half, two hours, I suppose, mm. uh, there was some time for reflection and mm. yeah, obviously thinking, well, what what's been going on? and uh what will the reaction be when mm. we get back i mean it could have been a pretty horrible oh, situation awful. we would have had a bit of uh, self reflection yeah. to do you know it's um it's it's very hard to describe i don't haven't really got the words for it but the the feeling when we were going in that first day thinking we're going to start with these live kids and we may well be producing bodies by the end of the day yeah um you know I, I hope you'd listen but i suppose to even
2: that would have been something wouldn't it because for the families who want to find that closure um even you know they they they, they would forever be haunted by the thought of their child being stuck in a cave.
0: Well, I, I find it hard to see it that way. I mean, you, you can talk about closure, but that's, that's not much of a consolation prize for losing it, your it's, son. It's so, not. Uh, no, absolutely I mean, not. We didn't, we didn't think about that at all. You know, All yeah. we could think of was that that would just be an absolute yeah. tragedy um, mm. that we'll have to face up to. And then, of course, we had to make the decision, if that happened, mm. about would we continue the next day or mm. not. Uh, which would have been, you know, there would have been some pretty tough conversations if that had happened.
2: Mm. But ultimately, there was no other option, was there?
0: Well, there wasn't, and that's no. that's the only reason that we proceeded. I mean, we would have done anything to get out of this because it was so dangerous for those boys. Um, and it was only because there was no uh, alternative whatsoever. Mm. And if we'd left them in there, it would have been, in our opinion, to their certain Death and yes. it would have been a pretty slow, lingering, horrible death at that. Mm.
2: So when you come out and you well imagine, fairly eager to know how things had progressed and you get the thumbs up. Can you can you remember your emotion at that exact moment? Oh well it was. It was Apart from exhaustion.
0: <laughs> Just like the weight of the world had been lifted off your yeah. shoulders. Really I mean did was, you did you
2: did you cry? Did you hug each other? What how did you? How no, did you express we're not, that? Not emotion? really
0: given to displays of emotion, Tim. Um, but <laughs> even I, I at can that. say we were, we were pretty happy. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. I mean, are you, are you high fiving each other is. I mean, oh, the was, camaraderie in that group must be must have been extraordinary.
0: There was a little bit of that going on. Oh, yeah, look, we didn't go over the top because we still knew that we had two days. Yeah, to go, and we were far from thinking that you know we were home and happy um, yeah. it was still an extraordinarily risky thing to do mm. and so we didn't not want to get ahead of ourselves yep. okay. yeah okay so it was uh, try and get home to bed and get some sleep and uh, then be ready, be ready for, ready the, for next the next day. day all right well after the break we need to
2: take a break here but after that I want to try to get inside your your, your mind and and just find out what sort of person gets interested in cave diving in the first place <laughs> because it's obviously not for everyone um so i'm keen to know where that uh, where that motivation that desire came from uh, dr craig Challen is our special guest this is inspiring stories here on 882
1: 6br back soon you're listening to inspiring stories for barra and oday generations of excellence since 1888 this is Inspiring Stories with Tim McMillan on 882 6 BR, brought to you by Barra and O'Day. And we're with Dr Craig Challen, Joint uh, 2019 Australian
2: of the Year. Uh, one of the cave divers that uh, brought that uh, Thai soccer team and their coach uh, to safety. Uh, Mission Impossible, uh, which was uh, overcome uh, and achieved. So you mentioned, you know, once the, the kids were out, you, you still had concerns for them. Um, we know they all got taken off. Uh, to hospital. Uh, Some were in fairly good condition, some, you know, not as good. But ultimately, they were in remarkable health, weren't they, Oh, what they'd been through?
0: Yeah, I mean, we were lucky enough to be able to go and visit them the next day in hospital. Yeah, And that was an enormously rewarding experience, you know, to see them there. By that stage, they're all, of course, woken up and Mm. and happy and chirping. You would have just thought they were um, (laughs) perfectly normal kids, really. Uh, they They were pretty... Keen to see us, and I think they were pretty happy with us. But uh, they were also pretty keen on their food as well. Oh yeah, they they took a few minutes out to to talk to us and uh, shake our hands and give us a bit of a cuddle. But after that, it was back to the grub.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, In terms of the whole experience for you, um, now that you've had a little bit of time to reflect on it, did you learn anything about yourself and about you know about life and the world? Any sort of grand? I don't want. Epiphanies, for want of a better word.
0: Mm, um Yeah, look, I'm um, I'm not really one to get all metaphysical about it, I yeah. suppose. But it is—it's an amazing story from the point of view that we were just doing our hobby, you know, mm. what we do, and we didn't. Re- we talked about doing rescues, and we we trained for them, and and developed some procedures. But we never actually expected to do one in mm. real life because it's such a rare event. I mean, this is only one of three rescues that have ever been done yeah. in history in cave diving and the first two were nowhere near the scale of this mm. one. So for this to come out of nowhere, uh, you know, you've know, you got to be ready because something mm. like this, a, a test, and this can go for everyone. I mean, mm. not, not everybody's going to be doing something world famous like this, mm. but a test will come along and you need to be ready for it because ready to there's take not it going on. to be time to prepare once it appears. Yeah. Can I
2: ask you, cave diving? It's a fairly unusual pastime or sport or recreational activity, whatever you want to call it. Uh, What drew you to it in the first place?
0: Well, there there is a saying that we have, Tim, that if you need to ask the question, you wouldn't understand the answer. Yeah, well, go for it then. Uh, I'll try my best. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, the main thing really is that it's a chance to do exploration and go yeah. somewhere and see things that no human being has ever seen before. Um, that that is a bit of a blast.
2: That's the that's the. The thing that's, that drives that's you really
0: that. the the gotcha thing about it. Yeah. But uh, other than that, I mean, it's a technical challenge. Yeah. Um, you know, you really get to test yourself with the, particularly with the deep diving yeah. that we do. It's it's on the, the cutting edge of physiology, mm. so uh, we're really interested in that. Um, and you know, you get to go around. I mean, great group of people. Mm. Um, everybody's an outdoorsman and they're all adventurers. Mm. And so I've met the best friends mm. that I've ever had and, and had the best times that I've ever had in my life through cave diving.
2: Are you, are you still in contact with the, the people you spent a lot of time with and, and, the, and the kids themselves and the coach
0: um, uh, from not, Thailand? Not so much the kids and the coach. They're being very well protected by the, the Thai government. But the other divers, yes, we all, we were in the UK in December. We all got together and had a great time. Mm. And um, I'm sure we've got you know, we all knew the 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 people in the core group of six of us. But the the other divers that we just met on site, um, you know, I hope we've got friends for life out of them.
2: I'm sure you have. Mm. Um, there has been talk of a of a Hollywood movie uh,
0: coming up. Would yes, you be consulted
2: yes. in that and and would you like to play with uh, Yes, here we go.
0: So, <laughs> um, I, look, we, there is some talk going on, yeah. and uh, we don't know what will happen. Um, it's a notoriously fickle experience dealing with Hollywood, and it could come to nothing. <laughs> we will see. Most of us wouldn't know, maybe, Craig. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so th- it'll be some years off if it does. Um as far as who, who plays me, I, I Is don't you, you, know. Uh,
2: we'll put it this way. You can, you can choose someone, perhaps American, who do a very, very bad accent.
0: Uh, or, well, you can,
2: or you can pick from our Aussie pool
0: of talent. Look, we're, um, you know, we're all on the, the wrong side of 50, and none of us are <laughs> any oil paintings. So oh, come on. I'm sure there's some B-grade actor in the twilight of his career out there <laughs> that will do an excellent job.
2: <laughs> oh, we'll hold you. We'll, we'll wait and see. We'll get your thoughts when they do finally pick someone. Um, Craig it's been uh, incredible hearing your story I'm, I'm guessing there are still layers and details to this story That we didn't even get to because we've just uh, run out of time But uh, you know in terms of uh, being a life changing episode for you Obviously you were a vet for many years You, were, you I suppose a recently retired uh, vet When this episode just sprang up out of nowhere um, What do you see yourself doing uh, in the years going going forward,
0: uh, look, I I don't know just yet. I'm concentrating on the next year. Um, we've just been announced as Australians of the Year, and that presents a lot of opportunities mm. to get round and speak to a lot of people. Really enjoying speaking to kids and community groups, and uh, just trying to you know inspire people to make mm. the best of their lives and yep. take the opportunities that that have become available. Because we never expected anything like this, no. and it could happen to anyone. Yep. Um, so that's the next 12 months ahead mm. for me. That's what I'll be concentrating on, and then we'll see what happens. Hopefully, be back that. to cave diving.
2: Yeah, recreationally. <laughs> there you go. There was an epiphany. <laughs> Greg, thank you so much for sharing your truly inspiring story with us today, and uh, and good luck. Uh, enjoy your time as the uh, Australian of the Year, and thank, thank you again.
0: Thanks, Tim. Really enjoyed talking to you.
2: That's Dr Craig Challen. You've been listening to Inspiring Stories here on 882 6PR. Everyone has a story to tell, and Dr Challen's brought to you by Bower and O'Day. We look forward to you joining us again next time as we unearth another WA inspiring
1: story.